if you're at work and you're having problems in your marriage or your family, or you're not healthy and you don't have the right energy level, it's impossible to be focused and disciplined and excellent at work when the other areas aren't excellent. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Today on the Edge of Excellence podcast, our guest is Michael Kingo. Michael is the CEO of Map Consulting and formerly the founder and CEO of Restaurants on the Run, which was sold to Grubhub. Mike today is going to talk about the importance of hard work, the strange and interesting path he had towards entrepreneurship, and the out-of-the-box ways he developed his skill set. He's going to talk about his continuing journey for excellence and share the knowledge that helped him create a business that he sold for 19 times earnings. Welcome to the podcast, Mike Cato. It's really nice to have you today. I want to start off with the question I start off every podcast. What is your definition of excellence? Matt, good to be here, buddy. Uh, I, you know, to me, it's really, you know, excellence is taking out like the kind of like metrics of it. I'd say it's about being the best version of yourself in, you know, at, personally, which involves fitness and health, um, the best version from a family perspective, and then, of course, the best version from a business perspective. So to me, it's like, I don't think it can be excellent. Like a lot of people just say, hey, excellence, they think business. I don't think you can be excellent in business unless you, unless you really understand the power of having things buttoned up for yourself, your family, and then you get to business like a bullseye. Interesting. You know, I've done a lot of these podcasts and I've interviewed a lot of people. I don't think I've ever had the same definition of excellence twice. I don't believe anybody's brought in the uh, different areas of, uh, you know, what makes a person. Why is it important if you want to be, let's say you just want to be excellent at work. That's all you care about. Why do you need to be um, excellent with your family or excellent uh, with your personal habits? Well, you know, listen, Matt, you. I think, you know, a lot of people just want to be excellent at work and that's fine. But, and, and that a lot of times is really how it starts. But eventually as you get older, you start to realize that like, you know, in, when I was in my twenties, I was starting my business. It was like, you know, I didn't have the family, you know, I didn't have a family. Like I wasn't in the greatest shape, but you know, I'm 20 something years old. I'm just crushing it. As you get a little older, you know, and you start to mature and you start to realize, okay, wait a second, I'm not 20 anymore. And you start to get in a relationship. You start thinking about kids. You realize that you have other other things pulling at you in your life. So you get to work, and you're like, "I want to be the, I want to be excellent at work." Except if you're at work and you're having problems in your marriage or your family, or you're not healthy and you don't have the right energy level, it's impossible to be focused and disciplined and excellent at work when the other areas aren't excellent. Okay. Yeah, we haven't talked about that much, and I. I know when we get into uh, 
your falling over the edge of excellence. We'll get into some of that more. And I want to take you back uh, to maybe before you were excellent. And I don't know. And, and the listeners probably should know Mike's actually my best friend. I don't always uh, mention that I know many of the people that we interview. Mike's my best friend. We've been friends for a long time. And I think I was there when you fell over the edge into excellence. But let's go back before I met you. What were you like in high school? What was life like? How did you see yourself? How did you find your path? Well, listen, let me just say one thing. I don't think, at least for me, maybe other people get there. I, you know, I don't like, I don't think I've reached excellence. I think excellence is about constantly staying on that journey of, of wanting to be better. You know, you and I traveled the world with EO and talked about building the better entrepreneur. And it's just that concept of always striving. You know, it's the journey, not the destination. I know that's a cliche, but in this case, it really is because you're, you know, you're, you keep always wanting to push the envelope and your, your curiosity is going to do that. So anyways, what was your question? I'm sorry. So, so while you were on your journey in the early years of your journey towards excellence, what was life like? How did you see yourself and how did you find your path? Yeah. You know, it's, so I think like you think back to, I think everybody probably listening has had you know, different challenges that they, you know, were subjected to growing up. Mine was, you know, my parents were divorced when I was 13 and my mother moved to another state. And so I'm sitting there growing up in Buffalo, New York. She's over in Wisconsin. And at 13, you know, you need a you need your mother. And, you know, we had a long distance relationship. And so that was disruptive as to where I was at. So I think I had, you know, challenges that came along with that disruption of going through that situation and that experience with my parents. I eventually moved to Wisconsin and spent a couple of years in my high school there with my mom before I came back to New York and graduated there. And so my high school, you know, I think, I think I was finding myself in high school. I, I think I, I lost some self-confidence along the way, um, you know, and I, and I tie a lot of it back to that experience. So I was, I was, I was finding myself. I spent some time in Wisconsin with my, with my mother and, and believe it or not, I was actually like, I was involved with uh, a religion there where we would go door to door talking about the Bible. So probably the greatest thing that came out of my high school was that I went door to door preaching the Bible. And I believe if you can go door to door preaching the Bible, you can pretty much do anything in life. Cause that seems, I mean, I only did it for two years and then I, I left, but that's a pretty difficult thing to do. And you, you build a lot of different characteristics and you do a lot for your self-confidence when you do something like that. So interesting. You said that you lost confidence. So you were confident, you lost confidence, and you gained it back in high school. And was it uh, 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 working in cold calling uh, with the Bible? Was that what gave you your confidence? I would think that that would kind of hurt your confidence, all the rejection you must have dealt with. No, no, because I, I got good at it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I looked at it as competitive. My, you know, that was probably the beginning of my entrepreneur spirit right there, believe it or not, because I found that I was super competitive. So I wanted to be the best at it. And I was just a kid. And, you know, I got a lot of recognition. I got asked to speak at the congregation. So it was really cool. It like started to build my confidence around public speaking, but also kind of cut my teeth on the competitiveness that I had. And actually, I didn't even think about the, I think about the competitive stuff, but I, I never thought about it in this context, Matt, until you made me realize, yeah, that's probably the first taste of this entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak, that I had. And uh, yeah, so you're right. I had it, lost it, and then started gaining it back there and then went into overdrive when I got into college. Wow. So how did you see yourself when you were in high school? And, and what, what, where were you headed? What was your path then? And how did you find your current path? 
you know, I think in high school, I saw myself as, uh, I definitely, I was a little foggy, honestly, of what it felt like, you know, I, I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know. Like, as I look back on it, I can see some leadership characteristics. You know, I, I was willing to, I was working hard. I was working at 15 in a restaurant, waiting tables at 16. So I always had this thing of like, like I wanted to push the envelope. I wanted to work. I wanted to put the work in to make money. Um, but I was still lost. I think, you know, I was doing that and having fun with it, but I, I really didn't know myself. It wasn't until I think I got into my later twenties that I started to figure it out. Okay. So, uh, now, and for our listeners, you, uh, you built this uh, restaurant delivery business with your brother and another person, uh, you sold it for a huge multiple of earnings and then retired, decided you didn't like that, came out of retirement and, and you bought the consulting firm that you now, uh, run how has where you're at now surprised you from where you were at 20 years old and what's different than what you expected well i I definitely wouldn't have expected this i wasn't even thinking about this i wasn't you know not until my mid-20s where i was like hey i want to start a business and you know i want to lead through that and even when you're going through when you're in the business you're not thinking about oh 20 years down the line and exiting it it's like you're just trying to do something great you're trying to build something and build teams and have a great and you're just you're working within your passion you know i I look back, I'm like, it was okay. I took the time in college to, you know, to, you know, I was supporting myself. I moved to California. So I was 18 when I moved here. And so I was working, renting an apartment, you know, all that stuff. And so it's, it's not like I can enjoy like a UC Santa Barbara experience. Uh, I was, I was grinding it out, working in restaurants, having a great time. But it was just different. It was a different college experience, but I, I didn't run, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't rush it. And so I look back now and I'm like, it was okay that I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to be doing, you know, in my early twenties. At that point, it was about learning and life lessons and understanding the importance of grit and hard work and responsibility and accountability, you know, and survival, you know, because all those things helped me later once I decided what I wanted to do. So I, yeah, the answer is no, I had no idea that this would be the case. And sometimes I, I have to pinch myself and say, did we really just do all that? Because it wasn't like it was a plan. Well, maybe, uh, you mentioned early that, uh, you're, you're, Road to excellence is a journey, and we're on a journey, and we never get there. Uh, you also just mentioned you were patient, um, but you seem to be doing the things that were pointing you in the right direction. How did you know that, hey, maybe if I go knock on doors uh, for my religion, that might develop some skills that I can use later? Hey, working this hard might help me develop a work ethic that I can utilize for my whole life. It seems like you knew you were on a journey. It seems like you were pointing yourself in that direction. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, you know, even when I was waiting tables at a restaurant, I I, I got involved and tried to help the manager and, and, you know, then end up becoming like front of the house manager and organizing everything that was going on in these super busy nights at this like super popular restaurant. So, yeah, I always I was going down a path of leadership, didn't really understand it. Um, but I look back on it now and I was stepping up, raising my hand and trying to do things to stand out um, and trying to do it for the right reasons. So that, that you're probably right on that. You know, it's funny when you look back, you know, a lot of us don't take time to look back. That's why it's great. What you're doing is getting a lot of your guests to think back, you know, to what it was. What are the, some of the things that you did that really got you to this point? You know, because we don't really take that time and it's important that we, you know, dissect it and then share it with others. Yeah, we need to record it on the Edge of Excellence podcast 
and make sure that our children and all their friends listen to it because there's a lot of wisdom there. And I want to bring you to present day because a part of the struggle of being a college student, you're sitting at home, mom's making you sandwiches, cutting the crust off your bread, ironing your underwear, and then you get thrown into college and they say, hey, pick a major. What? Pick a major? Yeah, okay, I guess I'll pick this one. And then four years later, after you've been sitting on campus reading the student newspaper every, every day and not much else, it's time to pick a career. And you know, it's really difficult to understand what careers are out there. So I like to take a little bit of a pause and talk about what you do, like on a daily basis. And we can talk about it with you in two different uh, areas. We can talk about what you do at Map Consulting now and what's your daily basis as a CEO of a consulting firm. But prior to that, I want to talk about what did you do? You started a business. What were the skills you needed? What was life like starting a business? Then the business became sizable and you moved from an entrepreneur to an entrepreneurial CEO. What were the skills you needed? What did you do on a daily basis to, to inform people of what it's like to start a company or run a restaurant delivery business that you can later on sell for or a big multiple earnings? <laughs> well, I think there's, you know, there's a lot documented about startups and so on and so forth. From my experience, you know, early on. And it's, you can be like, you can go to college and you think, you know, what you're about to do and you can put some plans in place. But to me, that first stage of that business, unless you're like, you know, you've got VC money, that's different, but let's just say you're a scrappy entrepreneur and you're starting up. It's like in the beginning, a lot of it is intuition and a lot of it is just grit and hard work and, and just knowing and being comfortable with the fact that you're trying to build something and you're trying to do, you know, something awesome and you're trying to engage great people and you're trying to develop people and you're, and people are rallying around you and they're excited about that. And you sort of don't know what you're doing exactly. A lot of the times, I mean, there's, you know, some businesses are different, you know, some entrepreneurs have a little bit more scope on what they're doing, but you, but you just really don't know in the beginning and you're, and you're because understanding a model and then building a company and a culture and a go-to-market strategies is different. And so you're, you're working a lot in the business, as they say, you're, con- you're running around, you're putting out fires, but eventually if you make the decision, if you make it, if you make it, and this, this, this thing called entrepreneurship is for you. Okay. And you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay eventually you realize, okay, I've got to, I've got to make changes in the way I operate. I have to understand myself. I understand, have to understand where I'm good, where I'm bad. I have to have a toolkit for how to make myself, you know, more than just an entrepreneur. I have to have a toolkit to how, for how to scale my business, how to grow my people. And so that's kind of like the next phase. And if you're serious and you put that work in, you can have a lot of success. There's always exceptions. And, and so that's kind of the second phase. And at that point, you're sort of working on your business and you're, and you're a student of the business and you're a student of management. And you're starting to grow your company and, um, you know, you're planning, you're leading, you're, you're, you've gotten good at the communication cadences in your company. You understand how to, you know, organize resources. You understand optimizing talent. You understand that you need to have controls. You know, those six things, leading, planning, uh, communicating, organizing, sta- you know, staffing, and, uh, you know, some controls. Those are just six important things that you do as a great manager or a great CEO or a great leader when you're in that phase of your business and you start to fine tune things and eventually you get into scale. So I mean, to me, those are the two phases. And, you know, the, those are the two main phases. Eventually you decide like, okay, I'm going to the next phase. Is the next phase like we're going to keep pushing the envelope and go to growth or is this going to be a lifestyle business for me? 
And then once you make those decisions, you know, that changes a little bit of the path for you as well, because you might decide you're going to keep going hard and charging, which could sacrifice other parts of your life. You might hire a CEO, you might raise capital, whatever it is, or you might say the business is great and it's going to be a lifestyle business and it's going to fund me and I'm going to spend some other time, my time doing other things. So those are, to me, that's kind of the way I look at those three stages. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of this show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. Well, if I was uh, sitting in a, a apartment on campus right now and I heard you explain to me the skills needed to be an entrepreneur, I'd probably get really frustrated right now, unless I thought about your definition of excellence. And it's a journey and you're trying to get better and you're always learning. That's what you said at the start of the podcast. So your path to excellence as an entrepreneur was through that process, through that constant learning, you weren't good at all those things. You didn't have those six dialed in. You didn't even know what the six were when you started and people were cheering for you and you didn't know what you were doing. But over your career, you developed all those skill sets by trying hard to develop those skill sets. Is that right? Yeah, you're totally right, Matt. Like, you can't get like, you. if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you know, you have to be curious. You have to want to get better. You want, you have, you have to be a student. The learning never ends. If you're not interested in reading and studying and connecting with people, it's going to be really hard to take your business to the next level because you as the entrepreneur have to get better. And you only know so much up until your mid twenties and you have to really have that passion and desire. So, so it's one thing to want to be an entrepreneur. It's another, it's another thing to want to keep learning. And all the best entrepreneurs I found in YPO and EO are in those groups for a reason, because they want to get better and they want to learn. Wow. I think that's great to hear. Uh, and there's, there's, our listeners are sitting around, they're thinking, okay, I want to be in business. I want to learn that. What business do I start? How did you figure out that you were going to start a restaurant delivery business as opposed to a paper manufacturing company or an inkjet printer manufacturing company or a construction company? How did you figure that was going to be your path? Listen, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up working in a space that we understood. Okay. So we weren't trying to learn something completely new, you know, even though restaurant delivery is different than restaurants, but we understood the concept, but it started when I was not, I'll tell you right now, Matt, I was on like the seven year, four year degree program, you know, out here in OC in Orange County. It's like, and did you ever obtain, obtain that degree? No, I didn't. I got my two year degree. Thank you, Saddleback, Gauchos. And then went to Cal State Fullerton and dropped out in year seven because when I was in year seven, I wrote an I I I wrote a goal down 
when I was 24 years old and I said, Hey, find an idea for a business. And literally a couple months later, I was approached by my brother and his best friend, Matt. So my brother's Anthony, my best friend's Matt. They were better, his best friend. They were, they had the idea. Matt had the idea to start this restaurant delivery company and see it being done. And he came to Anthony and then they came to me, fortunately. And I was like, yeah, I was in that mindset. I was like, yeah, I want to start a business. And well, that was great. That's what we had on the table. We, we made do with what we had and kind of got lucky in a way, but you know, there were three of us. I love partnerships. I love partnerships. If you have the right partners like you do, it's great. It's awesome. And, um, that really helped, you know, we had a little bit of an advantage because there was three of us working just like animals. We were all in our twenties. We had no, we weren't married. We had no kids, you know, we didn't have like big overhead. So we could just grind it out every day to try to grow this business. It gets a lot harder when you start companies in your, when you have other commitments like family and kids and overhead, like it's a whole different world. But back then we had nothing. It was just grind it out. Everything was secondary. And Jeff Dennis always says success is luck. Lucky enough to be prepared when opportunities knock. Think if you hadn't worked in the business. Think if you hadn't um, gone to Wisconsin to knock on doors. Think if your your mother hadn't have divorced your father and created this chaos for you. Um, perhaps you would not have been prepared when Matt and Anthony came to you with their business idea. That's a good point. And so it's like, you know, you're right. There's that luck. And it's like the things that I did, you know, put me in a better position to be a leader. And so when we started the business, you know, over time, we decided who was doing what. And it became obvious, you know, that Matt was over on the marketing and technology. He's a little more analytical. Anthony was over on the sales side. He's a little bit more, you know, you know, in the sales world, high eye. And then I was, I fell into that CEO role and it was just natural for the three of us. And so the skills that I developed, you know, going door to door, you know, you know, managing in a restaurant, you know, organizing things around how things happen. That all made me, those are all skills that ended up putting me in that role of being the CEO. Wow. That's amazing. That's great to hear. Um, and I want to kind of stick with this a little bit because you, you, and I just love your definition of excellence as ongoing. And I, and I know you, and I know you do a lot to stay excellent. So what are you doing now that you have enough money, you've already had a career, you don't really need to work anymore, you do it because you want to. What are you doing to stay excellent and why? Well, listen, I think it's a matter of, you know, that journey involves challenging yourself on a regular basis. And so whether I'm, you know, in my personal life, I might be challenging myself with fitness and hire a coach to help with that. You know, uh, in my family life, it's the challenge of trying to figure out how to raise three boys that are all, you know, 12 to 16 years old. It's constant. And then my business is trying to figure out, you know, a company that I own where I'm trying to understand the model and try to scale this thing. And, you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like an imposter sometimes. But what I do is, you know, I, it's, it's, it's about putting, you know, putting the time into education, whether that's, you know, video-based reading, you know, the normal stuff. But the one thing that I do that's a little different is, is I'm pretty active as it relates to executive education. So I'm a guy that, you know, dropped out of college and but now I'm a guy that still don't have my bachelor's, but you know, I speak at USC, I study at Harvard, I study at Columbia, and I study at Stanford. You know, I do executive education in all those places. And so, um, and I've been back to MIT. So it's like I stay active at that level. And it's really fun because not only is it challenging and hard, but it's allowing me to take what it's allowing me to take what I'm learning and apply it in, you know, in the real world. Because I think when you start 
when you start going on that journey, when I'm on that journey and I'm, and I'm studying at those campuses, some, some live, some online, you know, we cover, it's, it's not just business. There's a lot of business content. You go there for business, but I see, I see how we, we have conversations about family and how we have conversations about, about personal life and, and making you the best CEO or entrepreneur that you can be. So that's kind of the little secret sauce that I have is I like to do those type of things. And yeah, I don't know if it's a secret sauce. You tell everybody about it. And there's a lot of people that are on the same path. I, I do think it's interesting that you, I, I know you and I were both chairman, global chairman for the entrepreneurs organization. And, you know, we were back to back. So we had a lot of time together traveling the world. And I know your experience was similar to mine. I saw a hundred different speakers in one year alone. Just in, And I met them all too. I got to sit and have lunch with all of them. You were there when I met Jim Collins. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, just so much uh, um, information being put into my head just in that one year alone. And I would think that you probably have multiple PhDs worth of time put into your education. You don't think you could talk uh, Columbia, let's say, where you're so close to the uh, faculty, you couldn't talk them into giving you a BA? No, I tried. I tried. My best story is, is USC. Where I go and speak at, during an entrepreneur class, and you know, I said, "Can I, can I be the adjunct professor for this class and teach it with the professor?" And you know, the the school's like, "Nope, you can't." And the professor's like, "Uh, he's built a business, sold a business. He was the chairman of the entrepreneurs organization." And they're like, "No, he's got to have his bachelor's and maybe even his master's to be that." And, and it's like it's frustrating because that's the problem with education sometimes is that I know that I could deliver value and relate to these on to these students, but. You know, they're stuck on degrees. And it's like, really? Why don't you look at the body of work? Well, some schools do. Some schools do. So uh, I know you're uh, persistent, and I expect to uh, see that diploma hanging on your wall by the end of 2021. I think you should be able to get that done. I, I don't I don't even care about that. That's not my, I don't judge. I don't judge it on that. It'd be fun because I'd love to, like, m- what would be more important for me, Matt, would be, rather than a diploma, would be, could I, you know, be, I don't want to be a the professor because I, that's that's not my skill set to do all the pre-work and all that other stuff. I want to be the guy that comes in and works with the professor, with the students. And so that to me would be my a higher level of success is me being able to, you know, be an adjunct professor with, for a class at one of these, you know, schools here in Orange County. All right. So uh, you mentioned work quite a few times today. Uh, and I was thinking about, uh, you were talking about all the hard work and you had nothing to lose and you had no overhead and you just hunkered down. Is there success and is there excellence without hard work? I don't, I'm not sure how that's possible. Well, there's a lot of people listening to this right now thinking, I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to put in the time. So is there a way around it? Oh, are you saying is there? Yeah, you can be successful, I guess, you know, without hard work. I mean, can you think of anybody that you know that's a pillar of success that didn't have to work hard to get there? Maybe I'm just looking at this from a different angle, Matt, but I mean, I'm sure you can be born into it and you could take over and do stuff and have good core values. I'm sure that's totally possible, but I just, I don't think you can like, listen, it depends. It depends. To me, it's no, like what I consider like excellence. I think it's really, I'm not sure how you get there without hard work, honestly. I mean, you can be successful in aspects of your life. Um, it depends what your definition of success is. But I, I, honestly, I think in any anything you're going to be successful in, I think you got to put the hard work in. 
either mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, it's nothing comes, nothing is free. Anyways, I, that's my take. I mean, maybe there's another angle I should be looking at it with, but I, I think it's all about hard work. No, that's not, that's not what people want to hear. That's not what people want to hear, Michael. They want to hear the shortcut. But what I would say and what you're saying is there is no shortcut. I can't think of anybody. And we could talk about the people that were born into it. And, you know, many people will never meet anybody born into the kind of wealth that we will, we've seen here in Orange County, where, you know, your family invented a food product that 25% of the world had in their freezer and they sold it for multiple billions of dollars. Or your family built a construction company with your last name as the title of the company and you grew up with uh, private jets and everything else. And, you know, we know a few of those people living here in Orange County and being in the circles that we're in. But if you think of those people, and, and one of the reasons I respect, and I know you know who I'm talking about, I won't say their names, but one of the reasons I respect Sean Baldwin is that he has worked so hard and that he did do it on his own. And when I look at all the people I know that were born into it, they're the hardest working people I know. And one of the people I call him all the time, trying to talk him into working a little, a little less because he's frustrating me. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to pass him and he keeps working hard. I want him to slow down, but he won't. And I can't think of anybody from any walk of life, from any um, uh, level in the, in the hierarchy of, of wealth when they were born that didn't have to work hard. Interesting to think about. I think you're right. And I think a comparison set would be, you know, because a lot of the people we know, we met through YPO. So they were, they already understood hard charging and they understood hard work. And so, yeah, but I would argue, you know, I think you can counterbalance that and if say, say, okay, let's look at, let's look at the siblings of some of the people that we know that have worked really hard to run the family businesses and see where they're at. Because we all know the stories about the people that were given things, didn't work hard and how things turned out for them, mistakes they may have made. And so um, it's an interesting angle to look at. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm, there's a lot of stuff here and you've given a lot of great information and input to the 20-year-olds out there and the 25-year-olds and the 18-year-olds that are looking to be excellent, that are looking to maybe one day start a business, that are looking to not only start a business, but maybe one day be the global chairman of the business person's organization. But if we're going to look at you specifically, and you're going to go back to yourself, to your 20-year-old self, what advice do you have for your 20-year-old self that you wish you had told yourself a long time ago? Yeah, this is this is an easy one for me because I have three kids, you know, and I and I talk about this with them all the time. Uh, you know, I say there's there's three things. Number one, you are what you think about. So, you know, have good, positive thoughts. Number two, to steal from Aristotle, you are what you repeatedly do. OK, so make sure you have good habits because success is at the core comes from the habits you put in your life. And number three, which is maybe most important, is you are who you hang out with. So make sure you're choosing your counterparts, the people you're spending a lot of time with. Choose them wisely. Some people will say you are the average of your five closest friends. Um, those are the three things. What are you thinking about? What are you repeatedly doing? And who are you spending your time with? If you look at any great person, that they will have good answers for those three points that I just made. Yeah, you told me that a long time ago, and I know you know this story. Um, I was spending a lot of time with uh, 
father of one of my son's friends. And I realized one day that the time I was spending with him was my Cato time. And I labeled it that. And I fired that guy as a friend because I was investing my time wrong. And I look at the time I spend with friends as an investment. And I, you know, I choose people to be friends based on their values. And I spend time with them to learn and grow or help them. And it's an investment in the relationship. And I realized after you told me that, I was investing my time in the wrong place. So I fired that friend and made more Cato time. It just worked out well. You know, that was good. That benefited me. Well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, those are tough. They're choices we have to make, Matt. You know, that's the bottom line. These are choices we have to make. And we have to be very intentional about those choices. You know, and if I could have, and if I would have, you know, I think I got lucky on some of those things, you know, but I, I wish I would have known those, you know, when I was younger and I, and I don't think my kids are listening to me, but hopefully I'll just ingrain it to them enough where one day they're going to be like, Oh, wait a second. I remember dad used to say this Boy, That makes a lot of sense now because it's hard until you experience it firsthand. It's hard to really understand it. So, so that, so when you were starting your business, was your circle of friends supportive? You said that they were cheering. So you had this group around you that was supportive or did you have naysayers dragging you down? Uh, we didn't have like, like we had people that said it's not going to work, of course. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate. Listen, I didn't have five people I was hanging out with. It was just two. <laughs> it was me, Anthony and Matt. Okay. And that's what we did all the time when we started the business. Then we would bring people in, you know, you know, people that we knew, you know, it's not like we're out recruiting, you know, but we were bringing in people that we knew and Matt, you know, in the restaurant business and they were, you know, and they were great. None of them were naysayers. Everybody, people want to follow good leaders. People want to follow a good vision. So if you're not, if you're out there, you're thinking about starting a business, you know, you probably got that gene and people are attracted to people that have that gene, you know, that can paint that picture that can paint that better future has an, you know, of where you're trying to go. And they want to jump onto that. They want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of a better future. They want to be a part of something that's growing and that's successful because it impacts them and they feel good about that. And, and uh, I'm going to continue with this. How were your parents when it came to this? What, what was their attitude to you all starting this business? Were they supportive or not? Totally supportive. Yeah. I mean, they were, listen, they were on the East Coast. And so, um, but they were supportive every day, you know, the call, how's it going? And then eventually my dad moved out here. He was at our office every single day before he passed away. I mean, it was just like, it was great. You know, it was, you know, we weren't, we weren't the, we were the first generation, so to speak, of really, you know, in our families of really going out and starting the business. We're also the first generation of leaving New York as well. So wow, wow. Well, I know when I when I got into business, and I, I got into business the same way as you, knocking on doors. I was slinging paint jobs, um, but I wasn't very good at it, and I wasn't getting up speaking at different functions. I was the absolute worst. And my parents kept throwing me back in the fire. Get back out there. Get back out there. Jill, my wife, she went through the same program as me. And her mom would call me up every day asking if Jill could quit. So you, I think you're lucky. I'm lucky that we had the support. Say your parents weren't supportive or you were married at the time and your wife wasn't supportive. What would you have done to still become excellent as an entrepreneur, still achieve the success if they weren't supporting you? It'd be really hard. Have to block it out. Ignore it. It's kind of like, again, it gets back to who you're, you know, what are your thoughts, you know, and, you know. What are you repeatedly doing and who you're hanging out with? So if I'm gonna, if that's in my ear constantly, the negativity, that's gonna be hard to overcome. 
you know, my, that's going to impact my thoughts. It's going to impact who I'm hanging out with. It's just, yeah, it would have been, it, it, it's a tough, it, that, Matt, that's a really difficult, I think you can block out your parents. I really do. Unless you're really on their dime and, and so on and so forth. But spouse, like you have a wife, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole different, that's a whole different animal. That's a topic for another conversation with people smarter than me. Probably get through it. Probably get through it with communication. I remember my, my dad called me up and told me that I was just completely had lost my mind for a second mortgaging my house to fund the business. And I said, hey, this is how it's going to go. And I need a year. So if you want to just take a break for a year, let's take a break. But this is the way I'm going. And through that conversation, he became supportive of it. And, you know, my, my parents and I are very, very close. And we communicated our way into at least accepting the path that was going on later on supporting that path and now being really glad that i went on that path you know you're right matt that is that is where it begins i dig right you're totally right that is great that that's it hey before we wrap up though i you know kind of bring a full circle to the beginning you know where i talked about you know what excellence is to me you know i was asked to do a tedx talk five years ago and i've never marketed it to be honest with you i just i don't know why i probably should because you know, it's called, it's called, it takes a village. Maybe you can grab it and put it in the link or something. But if you search Michael Cato TEDx, you know, you, you'll find it. And I talk about that definition of excellence. I don't talk about it the way you asked me, but I talk, or I don't answer that question, but I talk about my life journey, my experiences and now how I had to put a village around myself to get better, you know, a village around myself, you know, my family and my uh, business. So I really talk about the like who you who who are you surrounding yourself with to get to where you're trying to go, and I'll talk I, I talk about some of the challenges. It's a seven or eight minute video, but it, it really ties right into what your question was today. Yeah, we would love to love to get that. And uh, people can find Mike at MapConsulting.com. They can look up that TED Talk takes a village uh, on Google or on the YouTube. Uh, I do want to say uh, thank you very much, Cato for making time to share your wisdom with the up and coming movers and changers of the world, the people on the edge of excellence, ready to teeter off that edge and go make the world a much, much better place. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. And I will look forward to seeing you in about 15 minutes. <laughs> Sounds great, Matt. It was a pleasure. You really got me thinking about things and I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.